Superhouse Tavte Marth No. Alright everybody, welcome to Superhouse episode 16. My name is Andrew coming in from Los Angeles. This is James coming from Los Angeles. Joey, Los Angeles as well. And this is Maddie. I don't live in LA. I live in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so today we have Andrew Gerber coming in. Uh, he's also in Los Angeles. And um, mm-hmm. we actually asked him to come on because... Um, he has kind of an interesting past. I met him at the uh, Japanese groups that I go that we both go to, um, and he. So first of all, uh, you went to college for linguistics, correct? Yes. And then you went to the Peace Corps. Yes. And you were in Mongolia for three years. Yes, three years. Golden Jith. <laughs> and you live. You lived in a yurt. Yes, I, I had my own yurt too. So everything. Um, <laughs> What's not my that? Own horse, though. Can you explain what a own... yurt is? So, um, yurt, which we call uh, ger in Mongolian, it's kind of their traditional house, but it's basically just a frame of wooden poles, and uh, they put felt on it, like huge layers of felt. So it's kind of like a giant uh, a felt house, and it's uh, circular. You can uh, take it apart and put it back together in like an hour, and then move it somewhere. Because you know they're all a lot of them are still nomads, so they move it around every seasonally or so. Mine was mostly in the same place for three years, but you know I could have. Like, I don't know, if I didn't like it, I guess I could have just packed up and moved to another village, take my house with me. <laughs> okay, let's go, yeah. let's go in chronological order real quick. So why'd you okay. choose, why'd you choose linguistics first of all? You know, um, I don't have any real deep, profound reason or life plan behind it other than I, I went, to, went to school, took a bunch of classes. I thought, wow, languages are really interesting. And uh, I've got to declare a major now, so how about linguistics? And what part of linguistics interested you the most? Um, so, geez. <laughs> <laughs> um, some parts that are very interesting. Um, Historical linguistics is a big one. So that's the study of how um, the, the history of languages and how they change and evolve because you know, all languages change, you know. If you've ever seen Old English, you, you know that. Okay, cool. So, yeah. And um, we actually spoke a little bit about the Japanese language in our previous podcast, but I think you could shed a little bit more light on this. Um, there's that, there's like two prevailing theories as far as I take it. One, the ma- the mm-hmm. mainstream theory is that Japanese is what's known as an a-, a language isolate, which means it's not related to anything. And then the second theory is that Japanese is related to 
Mongolian, Turkish, and Korean. Yeah, the second one is known as the uh, Altaic Hypothesis. And um, it's true that uh, that gets a lot of tension, attention, and I oftentimes hear it just stated as is, although there's disagreements among different linguists about, you know, how well supported the idea is. Um, what is the reason why they don't want to believe that it's related to anything? It seems like if the grammar is the same or very similar, why wouldn't it be? Okay, so the thing is that, yeah, there are actually a lot of uh, similarities among them. And, like, having experienced Japanese and Mongolian, so there's times, some sentences where you could probably translate almost word for word. But it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, what is similar, and not all similarities are necessarily good indicators of a common origin. So, like, if I think um, just a couple of the things, similarities that I've heard in relation to Altaic is that all of those languages have the basic word order, subject, object, verb. So that's right. different, like English, you know, is subject, verb, object. So are probably most European languages, I think. So, and going by that, there are basically only six possible orderings of those three parts of the sentence. But subject, object, verb, now that we know about a lot of worldwide languages, is actually the most common sentence order. So probably about a third of languages choose that way, it ultimately. So there's a lot of ways that it could just be a coincidence. It's very common. Okay, I got okay. it. Yeah. Did you have any kind of like, I want to call it like language shock about learning about any like world languages while you were studying linguistics? Huh. You mean um, like some, are you thinking of like when you read about something and you think that's, that's just such a strange way of thinking of it? Yeah, like that, or like I even had it when I first started learning Japanese when I learned the verb was always at the end. That was kind oh. of like, even that was a bit, you know, I wasn't expecting that. Well, so I hate to say that any language is like too weird because it's, you know, completely normal to the people who speak it. But from a perspective of like, so totally different from English that an English speaker would have to not wrap their mind around it. Um, I've heard a lot of uh, of a lot of Native American languages, particularly there's one called Atsugewi that I think may be extinct now, but like I probably can't explain like why it is weird like right now but if you wanted to like google it you could probably find some weird information about like how their verbs and stuff work how do you how do you spell that um 
A-T-S-U-G-E-W-I. Okay, got it. So, All right, cool. Um, and then moving on to the, the Peace Corps. Why did you choose the Peace Corps? So, frankly, it was, um, it was kind of an accident that I, um, you know, I had heard a little bit about it, but then um, back 2010, maybe, I was, um, I was working at a library that time, and the li library happened to sponsor this Peace Corps recruitment event, so I just came in and watched the guy talk, and I, you know, thought that was interesting. So I went to a couple of their events and thought, you know, this is pretty cool. Um, I'm not uh, doing anything too important now, no girlfriend. Like, why can't I just move to another country? So I applied, um, interviewed, um, and within a, a few months, really, they were like, um, okay, we, we want you, and then eventually they were, they were like, okay, how's Mongolia sound? And because back when I applied, they didn't really tell you much and you couldn't choose where you went. So it was like, okay, hey, how about Mongolia? And uh, knowing that if you say no, they maybe, maybe won't offer you another position elsewhere. I was like, okay, Mongolia is cool. I guess I'll find out about it. <laughs> and uh, so like, okay, like, we're getting ready and you'll go to Mongolia in three months. What's okay. like the main mission for the Peace Corps in Mongolia? So, um, when I started, there were four different program areas. And my area, which was education, primarily English teaching, was by far the largest one. Uh, there were also a few other people who did... Um, like youth development activities, um, health activities with a health department or hospital, or um, economic development program, which is basically a lot of it was helping people learn how to do business or start their own businesses and stuff. So in my capacity, uh, they sent me as an English teacher to uh, this way, way out village that had applied and wanted to get like an, a real foreigner teaching English there. So they, um, they were sent me out to Hashatsum, which is uh, right, right in the middle of uh, Mongolia. And I kind of have to say right in the middle of nowhere almost. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And you lived was, for, from what year to what year? Um, from 2011 to 2014, just a little bit more than three years total. And this whole time you had no internet? Um, almost. Almost no internet. Like, I really only used it with when I left town because the only... The only opportunity to use it at my site was to borrow this really, really, really slow 
USB modem from one of the other teachers at school and wait five minutes for the Google homepage to load. God. So it was mostly the time I would just like, you know, I don't really need to check anything now. I'll just wait two weeks until I until I visit uh, Harharun or some other place. So, okay. And did so, you have, did, what was like your culture shock when you got there? Geez. So, um, I don't want to sound like too, like, too much like in control of things because like having been to Japan and Korea, like prior to that, I kind of knew you know, things would be different, and there wasn't any one moment where I felt completely overwhelmed. But kind of like a lot of tiny little things where you just don't expect, like, um, trying to think, oh, like, the first week of I was there, and I was eating with Mongolians at a Mongolian house, and a lot of the manners are different. But uh, one of the things was, like, they asked, like, oh, hey, do you like fat? Like, fat on meat? And I was like, yeah, I said, thinking, because, like, you know, no one else in my family eats it. So they'll be like, hey, Andrew, do you want to eat this fatty end of the meat? And I'll be like, okay. So this guy says, great, and he comes back and he at, gives me just like this two-inch square slab of lard. Like not a f piece of meat with fat on it. It's like, here's a salted chunk of lard. Here's your fork. Dig in. <laughs> and, yeah. So did, you, did you eat that? I finished it. It was kind of... <laughs> It was very, very slippery and salty, but I finished it. Uh, later, I got a um, a chunk of sheep's tail, which is basically all lard, and it was sitting, soaking in this cup of boiled milk. It's like, here, this is a delicacy. It's like, oh, man. And I'll, I'll eat it. And then they were like, yeah. And then some, some of the women took some of the other sheep fat and they took it out and they rubbed it on their hands like oh sheep fat and it's like it keeps your skin really nice like lotion uh, did you so, find that you didn't really need the internet as much after that long oh definitely there were plenty of ways that I figured out like either I'm going to I'm going to figure this out myself or I will you know, actually try to talk to people that I know and ask them, like, do you know the answer to this? Or be a little more efficient. Like, I'd write, like, a list of this is what I want to need to look up on the Internet so the next time I go into town I can Google everything I need in, like, an hour and stuff like that. So how would you pass the time usually when you're in your yurt? Um, a couple of ways. First, I had a lot of chores to do that would take up time, like um, making fires, um, 
like shoveling and breaking up coal, sawing and chopping wood. I had to go to a well to get water and then wash my clothes by hand in a bucket. Some of that, I mean, I actually like chopping wood a lot. There's something satisfying about like whacking up a bunch of wood with an axe. <laughs> like seeing it. Yeah, axes are fun. So I got pretty good at chopping wood. Otherwise, um, you know, I'd uh, read. I read, uh, I read some books while I was there. Still didn't manage to finish War and Peace. <laughs> but I got pretty far in. Wow. Um, or I'd study and practice my Mongolian. Every so often, teachers would have uh, parties. They'd just close off some rooms in the school, buy a bunch of vodka and dance or stuff like that. Um, I had some uh, saw some pretty funny things there. Um, I'm sure they wouldn't want me to talk about it. Uh, I mean, if, it's, if you won't get arrested, we're, we invite you to talk about these things. Um, Mongolians can uh, yeah, get pretty drunk and they can uh, you know, get pretty wild dancing when they're drunk. And uh, you know, um, I saw some people, they'd be like running around and then they'd tear their shirt off and while they were dancing and um, yeah, stuff like that, <laughs> like, um, kind of, that's the main form of entertainment, I guess. Like, when you can't get the internet and there's no place to go, like, you drink and you dance and whatever with the other people who work at the school. How did you, how, what's, like, dating like for Mongolians? Okay, well, um couple things I noticed first um, like in Mongolia that has kind of a different you know kind of moors and like a lot of the stuff like a lot of stuff that would probably get called sexual harassment happens in Mongolia that's just like regular socializing and the funny thing is some of it comes from women too I found so, it's not just men saying, like, inappropriate things in, like, the teacher's room, but sometimes women, too. Funny thing, it would be usually be older, like, older married women, and, like, sometimes the young single women, though, would, like, not really want to say stuff like that, because it's kind of, like... I don't know. Maybe they were afraid they'd be expected to marry the foreigner. I mean, I are there know. are there like arranged marriages like India, or do they kind of like decide no, on their own? No, it kind of happens on their own. But the thing is, like, um, you can get like Mongolian married. Like in America, you're very clearly if you have a piece of paper, you're married. If if you don't have that piece of paper, you aren't married. In Mongolia, it's more like, um, we've kind of been going out for several months, and everyone's known we're an item for several months, so people just start calling you husband and wife. Oh, like, it's no weird. ceremony. 
So there will be eventually, but it's it kind of like proceeds in a different manner than America. Like maybe they'd be kind of like married in public opinion for a year or two, and then suddenly the then the girl gets pregnant. So they're like, okay, this autumn because they always have weddings in the autumn. We're going to have a wedding, which is basically just a huge party where everyone they know comes and the married couple serves them all food and vodka and stuff. And then they're like, hey, we're married. And there's like no priest or official there either. So if that even probably wouldn't be an Amer a marriage by American standards. Wait, so yeah, that's interesting. So what's the major religion in Mongolia? You know, Buddhism, like, they're officially mostly Buddhism, but the thing is, because Buddhas, during, uh, for about 75 years, they were basically, like, aligned with the Soviet Union, so most religious activity was officially, like, not allowed. So a lot of people are getting back into it now, but the thing is, they don't necessarily know a lot about their own traditions, which is too bad, but it's kind of funny because I found out some of, a lot, some of their Buddhist priests were like imported from other countries to teach them about Buddhism. That's interesting. It was, it was kind of weird. I was uh, sitting in a, I was sitting in a dentist office once next to this guy who was very obviously a Buddhist monk. So I tried to like ask him about it in Mongolian and he turned around and stared at me and told me in like British accented English, like, I'm sorry, I don't speak Mongolian. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Tibetan and raised in India. Uh. <laughs> and I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I just came and I started working at Gondung Monastery. I've only been here for six months. I don't know any Mongolian yet. Okay. So. Did you find it easy to learn the language or? Well, going back to, um, you mentioned the similarities with Japanese. I found it since the word order is almost exactly the same, it was very easy to get my mind around that at first. So it was mostly a matter of getting the vocabulary which is different and pronouncing it correctly but I think I already had like the mental mindset to uh, use pretty correct grammar so plus I mean the only people in my area who spoke good English were the other were the Mongolian English teachers so I pretty much had to talk to everyone else in Mongolian. You've I interacted think. with a lot of Japanese people, correct? At this yeah. point as well? Mm -hmm. Like, Japan is known to be like the worst for learning English out of Asia, and Korea's second. How does Mongolian fall under this? I mean, I know they're not, I guess they are Asia, right? Yeah. So, in my opinion, um, like, I have to say they're maybe doing better than Japan. Um, they have some disadvantages there. Are, I think there are a lot of, there are some problems with the education system, which 
maybe are common to some developing countries. And uh, they re have really terrible, <laughs> the uh, state textbooks for English are really terrible. I hated using them, even though I had to. But um, they have some advantages, mostly. Um, a lot of Japanese people, I know some who speak English very well, but unfortunately a lot of them, even if they they kind of know English well, are slow to advance because they're so they're too embarrassed to really use what they know, even when they are correct. Right, right. Right. So um, I had some Mongolian students who were like that, but I also had some Mongolians who were really into English who just uh, didn't care and they would talk to me in English no matter how bad their English was. So um, they would they would get better because they would they wouldn't have the same mental barrier to using it. And um, so because a lot of them don't have exposure to English speakers, so most people in the countryside can't converse in it. But in the capital, in UB, when I visited it, I saw quite a few people there who spoke good English. So probably more than I would randomly encounter in a Japanese city. What was the perception of America? Um, so there were... Um, there are some positive and negative perceptions of it. So overall, I think a lot of the percept the opinion wasn't as strong as about, say, some other countries in the region. Um, the um, a lot of the perception of America has to do with that there are basically three groups of foreigners from, especially from America there now. They're usually either English teachers, missionaries, who are sometimes also English teachers, or businessmen and engineers usually affiliated with mining companies. So the opinions of, so opinions of America tend to be based on those kinds of people. And um, opinions of teachers, um, are, I think a lot of them like the teachers, especially if they were seem to take an interest in learning Mongolian too and learning the culture. Um, people associated with mining companies, I don't think most Mongolians seem to like them. And um, I've um, hung out with a couple of Mongolians who told me, who would tell me things like, um, like, I don't like Americans like the other Americans who are working for the big companies, but you're cool. You're cool, though, because you can speak yeah. Mongolian and teach my kids. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, kind of. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, generally, though, um, so there is, um, because of that, huge involvement of large mining corporations there is some and especially because of that there is some negative feeling 
but some other people like it. And I have to say, um, the perception of America over there is not nearly as bad as, say, the uh, public attitudes towards China. Uh, not not as good as uh, perception of South Korea. I never heard anyone say anything bad about Korea, but uh, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> okay, that sounds good then. Mm -hmm. And do they do they like the Russians or is it kind of mixed feelings because they're kind of right over them, right? There, there are mixed feelings. I think um, Russia had controlled a lot of their policy for a number of decades. However, they were better at propaganda, I think. So um, they they kind of uh, interfered with. Uh, more consensually than China did. I, I think definitely people feel like, you know, if you're going to get dominated by one of your neighbors, they would prefer Russia to China. But I also met a lot of people who did not like, um, who f did not like Russia meddling in other countries' affairs. I'm sure they wouldn't. And is, 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 uh, Horse riding, that's still like a huge thing? Yes, it is. So. Did you do a lot of horse riding yourself? Not, not personally. I, I wanted to do more, and I thought for sure I would do it. But I also find a lot of the times that people are kind of like suspicious, like, you know, should I let this guy ride my horse? Like, I don't think he really knows what he's doing. Oh, it's like driving a car. Yeah, kind of like, like, if you aren't sure if you'd want this person driving your car, like, would you want them riding your horse? So sometimes they would let me on my horse, but they'd be riding alongside me, and they'd be holding my reins. And it was kind <laughs> of like, like, I'm just to make sure that you don't just kick the horse and make it ride off into the distance. Right, right. Like, so... So, uh, but I, I did yeah. get, uh, so unfortunately not too much. I did, um, I did get more opportunity for some other Mongolian things like, um, shooting, uh, shooting archery and stuff like that, uh, doing Mongolian calligraphy, stuff like that. Oh yeah. I want to let the listener know that this guy can write the fuck out of some calligraphy. <laughs> like your your sketchbook looks like a textbook like your yeah it, it's insane if you actually if you have pictures i want to share this online okay like um, the way you draw japanese kanji or write japanese kanji and the way that you you know uh write other characters from other languages is like it's it's insane um, just had one last question. Do you have any kind of like, do you feel like there's any kind of like message or something somebody could learn from, especially an American could learn from a Mongolian person? Uh, well, the first thing I have to say offhand, um, is, you know, Mongolia is not China and they, <laughs> right. So they, uh, a lot of people make that mistake and they really do not like it very much. But so I'm sure a lot of them would like to say that. Um, but 
I think um, Mongolia is an admirable country in a lot of ways because just because they managed to make do and they're starting to do pretty well in an environment that frankly is not very uh, forgiving. You know, I liked it out there and uh, but it is a very dry cold place that you cannot do a whole lot with and they they thrive there and they've also been um, had a con con kind of competitive relationship with other countries especially with China and they've been dominated by other countries most recently for years by the USSR and the funny thing is, like, they came out of that just in 1990. And compared to other countries, former Soviet countries like Russia itself, they haven't reverted to a dictatorship. Um, they've had a lot of problems transitioning to democracy and uh, markets, but they're doing pretty well. And actually, I just saw, like, the other day, like um, the International Press Association's like media freedom measures. And if you look at it, Mongolia is not completely free, but it is more so than any of the other countries in that region, more than Russia or China or Kazakhstan or any of the countries nearby. So they have, for given that they've only had a 25 years to do so, they have done uh, a great job of like becoming a much more free, open society. And I think some of them have been dominated in recent memory, in recent memory enough to really appreciate, you know, some of the changes and successes that they've had. So, cool. um, so I guess that's, that's what I'd have to take out of it. Okay, cool. And you're heading off to Hokkaido in a month or two. That's a, that's the Northern region of Japan, right near Russia. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be right up against Russia again, but <laughs> yeah, I, um, I just got a position. I'll be teaching in Hokkaido and in, in rural Hokkaido. They, they must have looked at me and said, you were in Mongolia. We're going to send you to the most rural, cold part of Japan. How about that? Yeah, so. I've seen it on Google Maps. It's pretty uh -huh. crazy. You're, yeah. Um, dude, I think that's it, man, unless you got any questions for us. Um, um, no, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about, geez, what am I going to ask them? That's okay. But, Don't worry. Sure. Um, Hopefully I didn't talk too slow. I happen to do that. <laughs> Don't worry about it. That's going to be really helpful whenever you're an English teacher anyway. Yeah, that yeah, is one advantage. Anybody else got any questions for Andrew, or or is that it? I, wonder, I didn't want to uh, break the conversation, but I uh, was wondering, what does the U.S. mine in Mongolia? Um. The, the U.S., um, a lot of uh, companies that are based in the U.S. are involved in mining. Um, the big one is Oyutothko, which is in the Gobi Desert 
and there are some other mines not as big. Uh, they've got gold, copper, a lot of coal, and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, mm -hmm. anybody else? Okay, I think that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks for coming on, and uh, I'll let you know whenever this episode posts. Thanks, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, thanks for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. No problem. See you later. See you, man. See Bye. I lost my mind in a nightclub bathroom. All I could find possessed now. Too many times I said ever again Fool me twice, all I have is my name I'm a traveling journeyman, like early man It's been a very long time since we had a Maddie's music section Oh, oh it hasn't been Yeah, it's been <laughs> quite a long time How many people have... Uh, Listen to Raleigh Ritchie. Anyone oh, I did. Me? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about it. Sell us your wares. <laughs> uh, well, I just happened upon it. Um, I was so at my job we have to do truck, and that's like a 7 a.m. shift to like 4 p.m. And that can be. So we play a lot of music, and a lot of what I like to listen to, I think people know, is metal. But my coworkers don't appreciate metal the way that I do. Um, <laughs> so I kind of have to, like, you know, just be, what do you guys want to listen to? And most of the time, it's really popular shit. Like, uh, I have this one coworker, every time I let her play the radio, it's like Drake all the time. And I'm like, God damn it. Would you stop? <laughs> can't, can't do it. Like, I don't mind some of his stuff, but when you're listening to, like, five straight hours of Drake, you want to kill yourself. Um, so uh, another co-worker was like, hey, put on Raleigh Ritchie. And I was like, who the fuck? And she goes, Grey Worm. And I was like, who the fuck? And she's like, Grey Worm from Game of Thrones. I was like, no, nah, shit, Grey Worm got novel. <laughs> so we put it on, and that was like my first introduction. And she's like, yeah, we play a song from him on our like uh, store radio. And I was like, no, no, we don't. She's like, yeah, we do. And so I was walking around uh, later that day and heard the song Cowards. And I was like, okay, cool. That's weird that we listened to him. But um, I just kind of listened to his album, and I thought it would be kind of interesting for us since uh, I think everyone on the cast loves Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, a lot of these people, besides Game of Thrones, a lot of people don't really know who these people are. So it's very interesting to see that they have other careers outside of here, maybe more passion things, or, you know, maybe that's what they really wanted to do, and then someone's like, oh, hey, you want to be in this weird fantasy show and make a lot of money? Yeah, sure, why not? Um, so I listened to his, what is it, You're a Man Now Boy? Is that the name of that record? Andrew? Me thinks. Me yeah, thinks. You're a Man Now Boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just I just posted it up to see what you guys thought about it. It's definitely like a R&B, hip-hop, pop music, current pop music. The thing I really enjoy about it is where it kind of falls into the categories of everything that's really popular now is I feel like a lot of British singers don't sing with their British accent, and I really love that he does because I feel like, yeah. it's like, hey, this is Adele. 
to like any commoner would be like, oh yeah, she's great. Where's she from? And you're like, Britain, and she'd be like, they'd be like, no, no way, that's an American, you know. So it's kind of nice to hear that. Uh, just that, I love that accent when it comes out in music. I really think it like just kind of gives it like that Brit pop sensibility. Um, I mean, it's not the normal thing we listen to on here because a lot of the time we're just listening to metal hardcore, which which is wonderful and great, and I think the next album will probably be a metal hardcore album, but I decided to switch it up. Yeah, it was it was definitely like a switch. Like, I think part of the main draw, too, is that that's fucking Grey Worm. Like, he's rapping, and he's singing, and he's British, and it's cool. I don't know. Uh, I think my favorite tracks were You're a Man Now, Boy, and uh, uh, that one that's like a hard rap song... Uh, Hold on, I'm gonna look it up. I have it here. Yeah, I like that track and Cowards. Um, I, I actually kind of enjoyed the whole album, actually. Never say die. That, that's a good one. Um. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, oh, Blood anybody else 2015 to it? is great. Oh yeah, that was like that's actually this top hit. <laughs> Our second top hit on Spotify, which uh, I was I was kind of interested by that because that really wasn't one of my favorites. And Never Say Die is way at the bottom, but yeah. Uh, well, it was weird because Cowards wasn't like I assumed it would be the top hit since my store is like number two fashion retailer in like the world or whatever. And I was like, that's weird. They picked this one song that's not like a top hit by him because he's not like. It's not, you know, it's not Rihanna. Right, right, right. So, uh, it was just kind of weird, but... Um, it's it's cool to hear rap in the British uh, accent, too, because, I, I mean, the, one of the first things I thought was that band, The Streets, that we used to listen to in uh, in Savannah. Yeah. And I haven't listened to any British rap since then, and to hear this was, was cool. And, I man, I definitely listened to it, like... More than once, more than twice. Like it was, it was a good pick, Maddie. Good pick. Oh, thanks. Yeah. A uh, little extra tidbit for the uh, Game of Thrones listeners out there. Uh, Ramsey is also a singer-songwriter, and he plays like an acousticy kind of Jack Johnson, Dave Matthews-esque kind of style. Um, his videos are really weird because they're like him wanting to like get a girl. And then it'll like look over at him, and you're like, "No, that's a Ramsey look. Don't go for that guy. That's that's Ramsey. Don't yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it's it's Don't a very trust strange. That yeah, right. Like he's ruined it for me. Like if he yeah. ever played a good guy, I'm like nah, he's gonna do yeah. some wicked ass shit. So don't you know that and uh, Hodor, he's like a house DJ as mm -hmm. well. Really? Yeah. Hold he's the door. Actually... Oh god. And he's uh, incorporated. Yeah saying Hodor into a bunch of, like, his mixes that he's done. Man, you know, what if like he did the way it's... And it's just Hodor. <laughs> it, apparently he has a song that he's written about his character as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if he was dropping, like, hints the entire time, but everyone's so drunk or on a drug, they didn't even know. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Revelations could have been happening at a party, but you're too fucked up to know it. <laughs> yeah. Um... That's all I gotta say about it. Um, I think Stefan listened to it as well. I'd be interested to see what he thought. But uh, Joey, yeah. did you check it out? Uh, I didn't. I either completely forgot or got too busy. But I will 
go back and for sure listen to it this time. I was yeah. I was I was a bad podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> bad Same here. Uh, well, cool. I mean, it's it's definitely a cool album. Uh, if you're looking for something a little different than what we normally review, like uh, talk about on here, it's definitely worth checking out. It's not a kind of falls into the same pop sensibilities of a lot of current pop music, but I definitely think it has something different going on. And he'll be interesting to see what after Game of Thrones and how the, his musical career might take off or what direction he takes it in. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out, man. There's one line too in the "You're a Man Now, Boy" title track where he says, uh, "I'm not." I'm not uh, maturing. I'm just aging. Yeah, it's, that's it's, a, incredible. Incredible. Yeah, it seems like it's a very like him wrestling with a lot of demons of becoming like, obviously from the title becoming a man, but also like having this job on Game of Thrones, trying to do a music career, and just like the struggles with like what comes with that. Which I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, you're a musician and a actor. Come on, dude. How hard you got it? Come I down. think I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's got too hard, but I think, uh, like, my parents used to say, like, people these days seem less mature than they used to. I don't know if that's just because they're old, but (laughs) maybe that's true. Maybe the internet, TV, video games has, like, stunted our growth. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. But uh, I thought about that when I listened to the album as well. There's some truth to that, because I really don't feel like I'm 32. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like I get all giddy when a new game comes out, and I'm like, you should <laughs> yeah. be thinking about buying a house and starting a family. And I'm like, but Doom is out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I don't exactly. know. It's it's definitely weird to be this age, and but grow up the way we grew up. I was going to mention, you guys probably already talked about, like, Corolla and stuff, about some of his comments. And, like, when he was talking about how he just wants to, like, uh, chase women or be with women, drink beer and drive cars. And I was like, well, I mean, I w- would also like to be with women and drink beer. I just don't give a shit about cars. I just would much rather play uh, PS4, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. I don't think it makes it like, you know, I don't know. That guy, yeah. comment, I was like, I get what he's saying, but at the same time, I was like, so you, my car is just uh, the like an Oculus Rift or whatever, you know? Like, yeah, yeah I want to play some fucking like. I want to be immersed into the video game world, you know? Right, right. Mm-hmm. There's an age gap thing going on there, too. And he, I don't yeah. know, like, the whole, like, talking about how, like, you can't get into, or you, sh- it's weird to get into fan culture because it's all made up. It's like, okay, but storytelling is a big part of the human experience at the same time, so. Well, I mean, we've been telling stories since the dawn of time. Yeah, yeah. 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 And all the, the Greek tales and Odyssey and all that, or even like probably I, I'm less knowledgeable, but even like the the Asian stories too, they're epics. They're uh, <laughs> probably have like incredible abilities in those as well. And I don't know, man. It's just it's just I not mean, for him. It's not for him. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing that shit since the dawn of time. We've been making art and writing stories, and it just it's progressed in the film and. Some of that shit's sci-fi fantasy, and it's wonderful, and I love it so much. Yeah, <laughs> that and for every generation, there's always something that the next generation really gets into that the past is like they don't understand it and stuff. Yeah, you know whether it's like movies, uh, music, comics, games, and stuff like that. Smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Cool. Well, we could, uh, if we don't have anything else to say about this album, do you, Matty? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good, man. Uh, I will say that the next album is going to be... Hold on. I just have to turn All my right. phone. It's going to be Doom Riders, Darkness Comes Alive. This is a Converge? That, the Converge guy does this? awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's really, it's great, man. Uh, just, uh, I'm excited to see what everyone thinks, and i got to bring it back to the hardcore metal category. Uh, <laughs> just can't stay away from it. So maybe, yeah. maybe next time we'll do something a little different. But uh, yeah. I just this album I just like randomly picked up for like four bucks, not knowing what they sounded like or who was in it. And I was just like, holy fuck, this is great. <laughs> if you listen to one song off this album, Jealous God is my favorite, listeners. Okay, okay. So, uh, but I love it. Uh, but that's all I got for uh, Maddie's music. Let's, let's, let's just transition right the fuck into Game of Thrones talk since we were talking about Grey Worm already. What do you guys think? Let's do it. That's more yeah. uh, organic and shit. Um, so we're talking about the episode from last week, which is the episode after the Hodor thing. So um, any opening remarks on this? Everyone is going to die in this <laughs> <season>. <laughs> This was definitely uh, Sam's episode. Oh yeah, oh, dude, I loved it. I loved it, man. Like he was, whenever he uh, said goodbye, Gilly, and closed the door, I was like, man, you were such a wuss. Like I can't believe we're seeing this. And then, like you know, twenty seconds later, he opens the door and it's like, fuck that shit, and takes yeah. his wife and the kid and the sword and gets the fuck out of there. That was a highlight yeah. of the episode for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. taking that sword was just such a big fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is, like... Yeah, it's Valerian uh, Steel, too, because he knows what that shit's all about. And, like, even when his brother said, oh, yeah, White Walkers, they don't exist. Those are just fairy tales. Like, motherfucker, I stabbed one in the back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Joey and Stefan and I were talking about this on a Camera Noise podcast, uh, just uh, how I just really want a Sam and Gilly show. You can just call it that. I don't need a fancy name. Uh, mm-hmm. But I just want to follow them around, like just a little side story, like, oh, you watch Game of Thrones? Here's 30 minutes of Sam and Gilly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of in too. That'd be awesome. And seeing Gilly like all made up for the first time. Yeah. We've been following her for like two years now, maybe. That's yeah. like that's like the interesting thing about this show. Like it's we've only seen her one way for two full years. And now we finally get this. It's like a reveal. Like, whoa, okay. I, I she dare looks to good. say, I dare to say, four years. Even longer. Okay. Yeah, because I believe season two was when they made it to Craster's uh, Keep, I believe. Oh man. Season oh, two. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I, was I agree. Gonna say she cleans up real nice. She does. <laughs> and I forgot that Sam was uh, like uh, noble class or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, he, yeah he he talked about at the beginning him being you know being sort of a son from a nice house, but his <clears throat> father thinks he's worthless, you know, mm-hmm. and so that that that's really all they really go into it. But then like even I didn't realize that you know he lived in this like huge castle up on a hill mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah, and no one knew how racist his father was, which was yeah. I mean, to be honest with you though, that guy that I mean. He was a great actor, though. I mean, you bought yeah. every second of his hate. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. shit, man. 
Great, great, like villain type actor. I could, I'd like to see him in more stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, what else happened in the episode? Uncle Benjamin. Oh yeah. yeah. Cold hands. <laughs> yes. For the book readers, he was. Uh, there's the theory that Cold Hands was Benjamin Stark, but the you know the books haven't. A, a new book hasn't come out, so we haven't really gotten the uh, revelation of the books. But there's a big theory that Cold Hands was Benjamin, and basically the show gave us a revelation. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, that that fucking battle scene, dude. I was in. I was like, "What kind of weapon are you using?" I want that in every video game I ever play right now. <laughs> um, I just thought it was great. I didn't expect it, but like when he rode by and he had the mask, and I was like, "No, is that motherfucker? Ah, who is that? Ah!" <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck, fuck yeah, that's him!" Uh, I was so excited. Uh, just, I, I love Game of Thrones because you'll get to that moment. You're like, "What the fuck are they gonna do? Everyone's gonna die. There's not gonna be anyone I like on this show anymore, and it's all over." And then, fucking Benjamin Stark rides in, and I'm like, "Fuck yes! You know what you're doing, Game of Thrones. Why do I ever doubt you?" <laughs> was this the? It's been a week, but uh, so I kind of forgot. But was this the episode where the guy became king in, at the sea? Uh, that was last week. Yeah, that was the week before. Yeah. The week before that one? Okay, Where yeah. the uncle or whatever... You're in Greyjoy. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other two just took all the ships and left. And he's I like, think... hey, let's go kill my niece and nephew. Uh, just to... I just want to touch on that a little bit. Like, this show does interesting things where, like, you have this character that, like, killed children. But now you're almost rooting for this guy because he's supporting his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, what's yeah, his name? Th- Theon, yeah. Theon, yeah. yeah. yeah he killed yeah. the farmer, farmer's kids. Yeah, like, we can't forget that, but at the same time, his dick's been cut off, and he's yeah. doing he's doing good now, so I just uh, don't know how I... <laughs> you, you can kill children. I have no problem with children. <laughs> Dire wolves, however, I'm done with it. Stop it. Yeah. There's only yeah. two left. No more. Yeah. True, true, like, true. Yeah, or you gotta kill summer. You gotta kill a dragon. You right now. Yeah. This episode. Yeah. A dragon's gotta die. You gotta balance out this dire wolf dragon bullshit or at least make it equal. <laughs> Wait, Maddie, so are you are you more dire wolf fan than dragon fan? Who doesn't want a fucking giant wolf by their side? <laughs> I mean, what if yes, there was a, dragon... a giant wolf riding a dragon? I mean, James, stop getting out of control. Like, seriously. <laughs> can't, cuddle yeah, with, I, can't cuddle with a dragon. You cuddle with yeah, a you cannot cuddle with a dragon. But, and from what I can tell of these dragons, they also don't want to be pets very much. Whereas the direwolves are more like your companions. They're more like a dog. Uh, it's like like how we would have like a dog. In the book, anyway, they're very like close to their owner. Uh, which they Yeah, which they don't really go into in the show, which is a letdown, but I understand that. You can only do so much in an hour episode and, you know, ten episodes. But because uh, some of my favorite moments from the books have never been in the show. Just uh, when um, uh, Rob Stark goes in and fights that one battle and, like, it's in the fog, Joey. Yeah. And, um, like, uh, I think, like, the first scene of someone getting taken out is his dire wolf, like, knocking somebody off a horse or something. Yeah, the dude, the dude it's like two guys and uh, one dude's taking a piss and they're talking. Yeah. And then, like, I think why he's taking a piss, you're like, did you hear that? And you just hear, you just see, whoosh. Yeah. The direwolf just takes one dude out. Yeah, it was just, like, such a cool battle. And then, like, when they do that in the show, it's just, like, it's like <laughs> you literally snap your finger and you're like, oh, that battle's over. Huh. Yeah, yeah that's kind of um, how it was in the books. It, um, it basically, yeah, just kind of, like, 
they talked about going into the fog and the chapter, whatever it is, begins and like they talk about capturing Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just a fan of the direwolves and like going back to the last episode, when I saw that moment, it's like it's the coolest moment that the direwolves have ever had in the show, basically. They're like, let's CG up some direwolf. I was like, oh shit, he's gonna take out like a whole clan and then he like kills like three guys and then a whole bunch of zombies jump on him and I'm like, well that was a waste of your money. Yeah. yeah, like, <laughs> I, I had completely, like, on an earlier podcast, I know we had talked about this, and I was like, yeah, there's only two direwolves left, completely forgetting about Summer. Because, yeah. again, in the show, you never show him. He's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm here, too. You know, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah, Summer's still alive. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he oh hey, I, I remember you. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. I only have a problem with people who, uh, who kill direwolves. So. And yeah. Ramsey, yeah. Oh well, and, I mean, he... and and the High Sparrow. I hate that yeah. so much. That storyline, I'm just like waiting for it to move along. Since like at least now you have Jamie. He's move. He's going up. Uh, he's basically going to run into Brienne again. So it'll be interesting to see that. Yeah. Since they're both kind of going towards the same spot. Oh yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'd mentioned to James and, and Andrew that I believe this episode is going to start something. Very cool. Uh, we've sort of been waiting for, and I can't wait. Don't spoil it. Can't wait. Mm. I can't wait. <laughs> I do have a question though. Speaking of the High Sparrow and that whole storyline, do you think Marjorie is faking it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's she only plan? knows the game and is playing it. Like the scene where she was talking with Tommen, or I've Tommen. Uh, yeah, if I got his name right. Uh, but, like, you could see she was kind of, like, judging whether he knew or not. And so that's the way that she was talking to him. Like, she kind of paused in, like, certain moments when he wasn't looking at her. Like, the facial expressions she had. It's like she was even, like, trying to judge his thoughts on the thing. But, like, Tommen's been totally, like, taken over by the Sparrow. But she's playing along with it. She's definitely oh. playing the... Um... The democracy card, for sure. Like, let's not go to war. Let's like combine efforts and uh, work together. Uh, yeah, with a ba- without having to go to war, really. So she's like, kind of like, you know, keeping everybody at bay and sort of playing that card. Mm-hmm. Until your guards down, and then she slits your throat. Exactly. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. I can't but, wait. I'm so excited. And now that uh, you know, it's. Uh, the uh, the trial as well for uh, Cersei. Uh, yeah, that's going to be coming up soon. Yeah. So it's like, and she's already saying like, I'm going to use a mountain. Yeah. Trial by combat. Yeah. You know that shit's going to go sideways. I don't know exactly yeah. what, but I've seen a lot of <laughs> different uh, like speculation whether uh, the Hound's coming back. That's a rumor. There's like someone said like a good idea would be like, oh, just have. Tom and say he's going to be the one for the High Scepter and be like, well, shit. Oh, Where shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mind like, blown. James just, <laughs> just sort of spoiled it for you guys. Uh, it's a theory. So we have no well, idea that, what's going to Like happen. I said, these but are just theories. Speculation. Uh, speculations. So, like, I don't know which one is real or not. Like, I haven't read the books. I don't. I didn't really yeah. read on actual, like, stuff that got leaked or anything. But these are, like, rumors I read. Like, oh, all this stuff could be interesting. But, you know, once again... Shit's gonna go sideways. Oh, the biggest thing from episode the beginning, the flashes that Bran had, mm-hmm. they showed the Mad King. The Mad King, it yeah. Sh- 
and yeah. showed, you know, uh, what do they call the alchemy stuff that they use? Oh, I, 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 wildfire the, or something wildfire. Like yeah. yeah. Okay. People are speculating like that shit's buried all over King's Landing. So yeah, at some point, whether it's a dragon coming in or because of uh, Cersei, she is literally going to burn that city to the ground. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true. It, I because I was wondering, like, okay, well, why show the wildfire again? Why mm. show? Because like, you know, and he did like burn them all. The Mad King was yelling that. Um, mm. He did. He made. You know, when we found <clears> out in like season two that he basically had all these like wildfire uh, jugs like stored in the basement and was just like ready. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, yeah. That's, that looks like it may have a comeback. But yeah, so so, yeah. so sort of going back to that speculation, um, there's the in the book, Brienne, and she's also with um, uh, Gendry, who's the was the bastard of uh, um, Robert Baratheon, who hasn't shown back up in the show. Um, after he gets defeated and falls off the cliff. Um, we see we see Brienne go go to this place called the I believe it's the uh, quiet uh, something Isle Quiet Isle or something, um, and she sees a grave digger who looks very much like the Hound, mm-hmm. but we never we never get to the point again that the new book hasn't come out so we don't know we haven't gotten to that point if he if that's actually the Hound or not, but mm-hmm. Brienne's going I believe is going to, in that direction. Jamie's going to the Riverlands, where where basically where that where the Hound is. Uh, Bri- um, Cersei wants to trial by combat. The Hound is the Mountain's brother. They fucking hate each other. That's the fight that should be happening. I think yeah. Jamie's going to get Hound and bring him back, and they're going to mm-hmm. and they're going to fight. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible. Uh, let me tell you something. The, the the biggest criticism, and I don't think I'm alone in this. Is that I'm tired of these Khaleesi speeches. I don't give a fuck about her doing that shit anymore, and her on a dragon or whatever. It's it's been like eight speeches. I'm done. I was done. At, I was done at three. Well, her biggest thing that she did was the other episode where she burned all of the leaders, which was you know finally she's doing something, and so so I can understand that of like her big speeches. Where it's like, dude, these guys were already riding with you to go take over these cities. It's like, alright, I guess, oh, you knew your dragon was nearby and wanted to go make another speech while on top of a dragon. Yeah, sure. So it's but it's, it's like, sort of cool, but... It's sort of like the same thing, like I've been having issues with, you know, the High Sparrow and things like that. It's like, we get it. But yet, like, at the same time, a lot of this stuff is keep just reiterating over and over again. So it's like... Let's move this along, because we know where, know, kind of was, where it's yeah, supposed to be going, but it's like... Per- personally, I, I think that High Sparrow shit is a lot more interesting than what's going on with Khaleesi right now, outside of what she said to Sir Jorah, mm-hmm. and said, go heal yourself. That was, like, the best scene in that... I, personally, I'm probably going to get some shit for this, but I like that scene more than the Hodor scene. And the Shut High your Sp- face. I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just my personal opinion. Dude, uh, that whole like, I so I got into work the day like that Monday after the hold the door uh, yeah. episode, 
And uh, this uh, guy I work with, also named Matt, uh, he goes, "What was worse, the Red Wedding or that episode?" Or that episode? And I was like, "I don't know. The Red Wedding's pretty bad." And then I was like, "Wait a second. So Brian made Hodor Hodor, and then he made him hold the door so he could live." And I was like, "Holy fuck! He has fucked with this man's entire life, and then ultimately killed him." That blew my mind. Yeah. I had a question about that. So that that was actual time travel and not just seeing dreams? I mean, he affected him. He made him become, like, made him say Hodor. And the reason that 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 happened, the reason that happened was the fact that he could channel in to the point of his death was so traumatic that it made him only say Hodor? Well, hold the door in which, like, he could only interpret as Hodor. But yes, yeah, yeah, but, like, but 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 that that he's well, channeling th- to that future exp- his future experience via Bran, and that it was that caused the trauma. Well, I, I mean, yeah, he was obviously having a seizure, and then hmm. something fucked up in his body where he just became this, you know, this just got he became Groot. You know? So so yeah. so yeah, so Bran Bran essentially caused the trauma, right. Yeah. There is okay. the whole thing of like whether he actually created this stuff or it's always meant to be, and he was just in that point to have it occur as it was supposed to be. Like the fact that he went into uh, the past, and like most, like you saw in the earlier episode when uh, his father, when he was really young, thought like, "Oh, did he notice me?" When he kind of looked around when he made a noise out to him where uh, he's starting to realize if he can actually affect things. And so it's like, in that moment, both in their present time of being chased by the zombies, and also he was warging with Hodor, and then also being in the past and reacting to him, and you see him like look at Bran as well, like noticing him, and in that moment, like that's when like both points were kind of connected. Uh, yeah. Joey, since you know most, since you've read the books... Does this happen in the book? <laughs> uh, not yet. So, so in the books, where we've gotten, where with with Bran is that he's you know still in the um, with the three eyed raven, and so he's basically working with like the children of the forest to um, sort of uh, sort of I guess warp <clears throat> between the um, godswood trees. Mm. So like he can like so they got the 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 trees have the, the faces and stuff, right? So Bran can sort of use those trees to sort of go around um, to where they're located in, like, Westeros or wherever and sort of see kind of what's going on, kind of see visions and stuff like that. But I don't know if you remember, in, it's like the first episode, uh, I believe, um, and maybe even when the when John took his vows, they're, they're at the... the Werewood trees, and you they, you kind of hear voices. They're like if you listen to the trees, you can hear them speak. That's mm-hmm. like the three-eyed raven, and like the children of the forest, like actually like looking at them and in sort of speaking. So yeah, so Bran sort of like can go back in a different moments of time, sort of speak like he sees Theon. Um, I believe uh, he sees Theon or Brienne. Um, Doing something. I don't remember. Yeah, he just he started basically being able to like warp between the trees, and that's kind of like where it stopped. 
Oh my god, I wish these books would catch up with the show, or the show would slow the fuck down. <laughs> hey Joe, I need your input, but every time I ask him about this new shit, he's always like, not, in the, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. yeah. <laughs> Old George no. can't keep up. No, no new book. Oh man, what? Any? I can't remember what else. What else happened in, in this episode? Oh, Arya. Um, needle. Against. Yeah, yeah, she got yeah. needle back, and she's basically like, "Come at me, bro." She's never Thanks. fully yeah. committed to the many face god. I think. Yeah, because she was. She was. It's funny once again, like making the joke about like, yeah, she went through her daredevil training, and once again, <laughs> much like daredevil, won't go through with like fully killing someone that doesn't deserve it. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> she's like, all right, you know, she's gonna kill the other girl, and then just go on the run oh, and possibly find I, her family. I can't wait. I feel or like no, the girl. Uh, no, she might like go and find uh, Daenerys. I I can't she's wait. Closer for, to there. I can't wait for that battle. I feel mm-hmm. like she's gonna let her beat the crap out of her for a few minutes, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I didn't know I had this, did you?" Mm-hmm. And she'll there we needle. Yeah, because they've been they've been both staff fighting, you know, for a while, and now it's like that she's gonna switch it up with needle. It's like, haha, I got a rapier. What yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah, and she's taught by the, like the greatest swordsman ever, which uh, Joey mm-hmm. and I talked about, uh, and his the fan theories of who he might be or like what's going on there. And also, mind blown again. <laughs> anything anything can happen in this world. You can time travel now. I don't even know, man. Because there's like no rules to anything really. Like nothing's been set up. Because like the show is just got. Because when you start the show, it seems very simple. Like it could almost exist, but there's like giant wolves and then there's dragons but there's no like you see maybe a little bit of magic or hints of magic mm-hmm. and then like in this like in this last couple of seasons it's like nah man it's fucking magic's everywhere man you don't even <laughs> yeah. know what's going on it's like what the fuck anything can happen everybody's yeah. coming back from the dead <laughs> yeah i mean they, they set up the rules and like i mean only like a, obviously a certain few people can do these things or you know and so, like, so there are rules, but yeah, we're starting to learn. There's, yeah, there's actually some magic happening in this world, yeah. that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, under the scenes. I love it. Bring it on. Whatever you got, Game of Thrones. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love how every Monday morning Facebook is just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> nothing that, but posts like that. That Hodor I'm just episode. gonna post one that goes, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That first episode, I actually miss it and actually had to watch it Monday night. But, like, Monday during work, people are, like, starting to talk about stuff. So it's like I just put my headphones on and, like, crank the Doom soundtrack <laughs> so I yeah. can't hear anything. And when I went <laughs> to, like, get my dinner, like, I saw people sitting down, like, so did you see Game of Thrones? I uh, I literally shoved my fingers into my ears, grabbed my dinner, and ran. <laughs> yeah. Dude, We're not friends today. You yeah. just do a 180. <laughs> I'll watch yeah. it on my lunch break uh, at work, man. Like, if mm-hmm. I miss it, if I miss it on Sunday night. Yeah. It's like I gotta You gotta keep it. up with that. Yeah, you got yeah. to. Plus, I mean, it's fucking great. It continues to be good, so. Yeah. Yeah. I feel this season's a lot better than last season. Which is odd, since didn't they win the Emmy for last season? I can't, comp- I have a hard time comparing. I think it's, mm-hmm. it all kind of runs together after a certain point. Yeah. The thing, other than the, the, other thing... the Red Wedding, it, it all is like, it's all just mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing that sucks is it's like you have that time period of when like you finish it when we're watching it as it's happening, 
And then it's like you just wait till the next season, and I never go back and pick up the DVDs because I don't like have HBO or anything. So I don't, I never go back and rewatch those. So when you go like this season's better than the last one, I was like, I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Until something comes up, I'm like, oh shit, that did happen last season. Yeah. But like my memory is just like it just until it happens or they show me something from the previous seasons, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's too much, too much going on all the time. You're following characters that aren't interacting together a lot of the time and a lot of threads. Yeah. You think uh, Tormund and uh, Brienne gonna get together? Oh, dude, I hope so. That would be great. I do. I love his little, like, giant little, babies. Uh, oh, that dude. shit was great. That shit was great, man. <laughs> the... I wish I could do that. Did you like, see his video spot, online? Like, spot on. You see, he had this video. No. He says, Tor- the, the actor for, for Tormund, he says, uh, I will now cut my beard. I see and that. Like, huh? super, super epic. And then he, he gets, he's like, this is my, uh, my hairstylist or whatever. And then uh, she uh, gives him the, the the razors, and he like takes off like just one hair, and he's like, "Ah, oh, thank you. It's beautiful. That will be all." That's that's how I trim my beard most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> just like. All right, we're yeah. good. That's all it was. It's it like was... one straight hair. You're like, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. it's perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's called like how to trim a Viking beard. Is that a video? No, that, that was the video. Uh, oh, is that what? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, it's, I haven't seen that. I'm gonna have to look that up though. It seems it's it seems like he's a hilarious guy. Yeah, he he does a commercial too. Oh, really? I've seen a commercial. Yeah, I was like, what? what? For? Was he winning the Capital remember. One Cards commercials? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah the Vikings. My... Yeah, so he's he's. Unfortunately, typecast into a role. <laughs> That's all right. If, I'm sure he likes it. But if they're like, so you're going to be a Viking in Game of Thrones, sign. Where? Where do I sign? sign. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do I have a speaking role? No, you just stand in the distance. Still sign. Still sign. <laughs> <Great. laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when a Mastodon guest uh, had a guest yeah. appearance on it? That was great. Yeah. They were in Hard Home when yep. they got turned. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh shit! I didn't know that. Yeah, it, like it, it's really quick, but there's a lot of cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but uh, did you guys? Uh, did you hear the White Walker song that they wrote? No. Oh shit! No. Look that shit up in pronto. It's great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like Mastodon. Okay. It's like it's like it's like super proggy, man. Like they're just like actually singing on it. There's no like growl to it. It's weird, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And there's they, a great picture disc that comes with it. I think like Mike Magnolia did the artwork or something, maybe. Uh, awesome. All their maybe not. Is Very similar. Awesome. I wish Stefan was here for this, but let's go over uh, X Men Apocalypse real quick, guys. What do you think? Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Stefan needs to be here, man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, Maddie, I gotta hear your opinion first, if everybody oh. else is okay with that. Sure. Um. I really enjoy this movie. Uh, Stefan and I had a discussion about it on Camera Noise. Um, Stefan really loves it. I'll just talk to, for him for a little bit. But he made me more of a fan of it. I will say that it is a mess, like, script-wise. Um, but I kind of love that it is because it definitely... It's almost like picking up 
a couple of issues of a comic book, but maybe missing one or two in between. So you have like five comics of like a seven issue run or something. So you're like, wait, I don't know why is this happening. Uh, who cares? There's some action on the next page. Moving on. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's some really great standout moments. I like just what Brian Singer set up in this film is great. And I can't wait for what I've been calling the second class to take over. So it's going to be a real shame if he steps back and then someone's like, now nah, let's just redo it. Fuck what he just did. Uh, we're going to get rid of Nightcrawler and we're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of Quicksilver. It would be such a shame because I feel like he did a really great job of making these people come together as this team towards the end of the film um, that like I haven't seen since like first class. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I was really upset that Apocalypse just didn't do it for me. I just, I honestly think if he would have been like three inches taller than everyone else, it would have been great. Just because I need Apocalypse for me to be, um, need to, I need him to be bigger. And, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and I, I love Oscar Isaacs. I don't know if he was the right choice for this. Um, I just, I don't know what I needed. It was not the apocalypse I got, but everything else, if you would have just taken out apocalypse and maybe thrown some other villain in, I might've enjoyed it more, but it was a lot of fun. It's, it's definitely up there with my favorite of the X-Men films being like first class X2 than this and, or not even that order, but I definitely did enjoy it. That Quicksilver scene is fucking great. Uh, Nightcrawler did so much bamfing and I fucking loved it. Uh, uh, I, I assume we're going to talk about spoilers because I don't give a shit. Weapon X, what the fuck? Finally, yes, thank you, Lord. That was yeah, one hundred percent. That yeah, moment so, finally showed off how Wolverine actually is. I dude, how long? It's taken so long. I don't even can't wait for this rated R Wolverine's coming out. Mm -hmm. James, what did you think, man? I thought it was okay, like not as good as Days of Future Past. I felt like. Yeah, there were, like, script issues, and a lot of the characters, like, uh, Psylocke and Storm, like, barely got any characterization at all, and it's like, oh, finally, like, someone not Halle Berry being Storm, and it's just like, you got to see her sort of origin as a street thief, uh, but yet, like, not much else. A weird thing with Apocalypse was, like, his horsemen, like, I thought they were always, like, mind-controlled, but this, he just like, hey, just come and work with me, and, like... I wouldn't see, like, Storm being okay with, like, yeah, let's just blow up the world and stuff. So it's, like, some of that stuff. And, like, yeah, Psylocke, she basically had, like, three lines. Like, she had some really good action sequences. Like, her fight with Beast, I really yeah. enjoyed. But, like, there really wasn't much to her. And, uh, but overall, like, I enjoyed it. Didn't think it was, like, as amazing as, you know, some of the others. But yeah, I had like similar thoughts about like Apocalypse as well. It's like there is just something missing from him. Yeah, but you know, it's still enjoyable. Joey, uh, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Matt. Oh, uh, just I just want to say something real quick. The fucking Magneto scene of him trying not to be a mutant and having a family, I thought was great and could have handled a two-hour movie about that fucking shit. <laughs> um, but that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah. The one thing yeah. I, you know, I hate about that was like it was so telegraphed. It's like you're watching that. It's like, yeah, I know what's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, we know. his whole family's gonna die. <laughs> it's just like, yep, that's what happened. All right, Joey, lay it on us. Tell us the truths. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I kind of, I'm on the same ballpark with you guys. Um, 
Let's see. Let's see. Where do I want to start? Oh, he's getting into it. He's getting into it. <laughs> Going through the Here thoughts. Um, I definitely like enjoyed like just seeing like the. Okay, I'll, I'll start with the first scene. This is one. This the whole scene with um, Apocalypse becoming uh, sort of uh, being shifted into the Oscar Isaac body. Um, the scene in Egypt. I did the scene yeah. in Egypt. Yeah, I thought was. For the most part, pretty weak. Uh, the one yeah, when like everything um, is crumbling, and the one like girl uh, horseman is falling down, and she's like falling like in this infinite like hole, and it's like reminding me of just like I don't know, just something back in like like a cartoon or the eighties. <laughs> it's just like how fucking big is this hole? How deep <laughs> is it? Like she's just falling. Yeah. It's just like you know, it it looks so stupid. Um, wow! I could have yeah. done without I, that entire scene. Totally, totally. It's like, yeah, fall down twenty feet and then do your thing. It's like, you know, don't. Yeah. This, this is silly. Um. Oh, let's see. I mean, you guys pretty much hit all the good points. Like, um, it's just good seeing like the, them as kids. Uh, Jean Grey and like Scott Summers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Havoc was cool. I'd completely forgotten Havoc was even in the series. Like I know yeah. he's in like first class, but it's been a yeah. while since I've seen it. I completely forgot he was in it. Um, yeah, I wish Apocalypse was like, you know, a good like foot taller or something yeah. than everybody mm-hmm. else and um oh. I think a lot of it had to do if there are any issues where yeah, you guys talk about like, the script writing. Um when the movie basically started, you had so many different characters in different places. And so, mm-hmm. like, it just kept switching back and forth. And so you're like, okay, I'm waiting to, like, get back to this, get back to that. And it took a while. Um, I don't know. I, as much as I enjoyed the Magneto scene with him being, uh, you know, trying to live a regular life and having a family, I don't think we needed it. Oh, um, I totally agree. Yeah, I just, I, I yeah. something I don't yeah. think needed to be in there at all. Um, it would have been a great like one shot comic. Like you get two, yeah. three issues, and you're like, oh shit, that's really cool, interesting. Look into Magneto's life. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was needed. Yeah. But I could have watched a movie about it if it would have just oh. taken that turn. For so. sure. And this movie was Jennifer Lawrence saying like, yeah, I don't want to be in blue makeup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't think Mystique. I just don't see her being a leader. Um. Well, I her don't know. whole it thing just kind of like the comp. Yeah, her whole thing in the comics and stuff is, like, doing whatever it takes to uh, further her own personal goal. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, like, because in the movie universe, like, we saw in the original movie, she was clearly more of a bad guy and a henchman for Magneto. But then, we'll say, like, because of time fuckery, she became more of a good guy over these new, uh, this new trilogy as well. I I can understand, like, that arc with her character but at the same time it's like i don't know it's weird like looking at her comic counterpart like she always had like that interesting like like the white dress uh, with the yeah. skulls and stuff and like yeah for the movies are like nah we're just gonna make her a naked blue chick and stuff it's like yeah it so, it's could, so weird. yeah like they're like weird uh different th- like we've talked about this in the past of like just weird different things that Brian Singer did in the past so I am interested in seeing like where they're gonna go far with this like yeah keep with what he's set up for now but like bringing in another creative head to move forward I'd be definitely interested in with that 
Yeah, me too. And seeing what I'm... they do. I have... Andrew, I... go. Tell us your thoughts and your yeah. feels. Mm-hmm. So, like, for some reason, I maybe it's, I guess it's just the cartoon from the '90s, but I feel so close to this franchise. Like, even though the movies aren't quite as good these days as the Avengers universe, I'm still so like emotionally attached to the X Men more. And I, I guess it's just because of that cartoon when I was a kid. I don't know. But preach, uh, preach. Yeah, <clears throat> and I agree with pretty much everything you guys have said. But I think I ultimately like Days of Future Past a bit more, even though it was heavy-handed as hell. Um, I, I, I do think that Singer kind of took a note from what uh, the Avengers universe, the Disney universe is doing, which is to make it lighthearted. And there's even a joke about the third one being the worst one in the movie, the, yeah. Worst, yeah. the worst one in the trilogy. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I thought that the Weapon X thing was it was okay. I mean, of course Hugh Jackman's great, but like Shut your mouth. One it, thing one thing I really wanted it's just because I saw I saw that scene much better in Kingsman. I need that I need that fight choreographer to just come in for Weapon X. Like I need insanity. Like that that yeah. that action scene was just it's not Hugh Jackman's fault whatsoever. It's just that we've seen a better fight scene. And uh, I want, I need that. I need, uh, the only thing I was thinking during that Weapon X scene was Kingsman. Like, that church hmm. scene, for the love of God. Like, let's get that in there. Um, I thought that, I, uh, that that's probably the best Wolverine, like, choreography fight scene that we have seen at this point. Yeah, I agree yeah. that there's, there's better stuff out there, but, like, he definitely did some pretty cool stuff. It's definitely it was, like, yeah, it was okay. It's definitely like a horror movie. It kind of changes up the tone. There's definitely that, yeah. like, you see the blood splatters and like when the team is looking up in the window and you only see shadows and like people screaming and blood. It's it's I really liked it because of the horror movie fan that I am that I was like, oh, shit, this is like real creepy. Like they're trying to get away with stuff because it's like what that movie's PG-13. They can't show you fucking insanity, berserker, fucking Wolverine. They have to tone it down. But I thought it was pretty brutal for like what they got away with. Like I that's like, the first yeah. time I've seen some blood spray in this X-Men series by Singer. So. I do yeah. like that 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 horror aspect, like you said, but I think I just feel like it could have been better. I I walked in not thinking that I would like the Cyclops guy, but he was quite good. I mean, I shit, that, that's Scott Summers, goddamn, like <laughs> like he did a good job, and I like I love that actor. I love mm-hmm. seeing Nightcrawler just praying in the helicopter and all that. Like yeah. I thought that was great, and. Uh, I think that that Moira was completely unnecessary after like the the first hour of the movie. She's just there for no reason, and uh, yeah, Apocalypse should yeah. have been taller. I, I like Oscar Isaac. I I think he's fucking awesome. And like, there's it's weird. Like you I, you watch Captain America and Thor and Hulk and and the Avengers movies, and it never looks really silly. But there was like a couple shots of Apocalypse with his four horsemen. It just looks straight up silly to me. And I, yeah. I don't know why. And uh, the, ban- the band thing was cool and, and all that. And, uh, just, uh, just a little. Uh, I'm almost done, but okay. yeah, I think there's too much importance on Mystique still. And um, Havoc was great. Quicksilver, so fucking strong once again. Like holy Dude. fucking shit. Uh, think... Quicksilver standalone movie? Yes, oh, please. Yes, and I like the fact that they're very good. I, I guess Singer's been doing it for a long time, but like every time they use a power, there's some like real reason for it, and there's like utility behind it. Like 
Nightcrawler, mm -hmm. we need you to vamp here and here to do this. This is your purpose. Quicksilver, yeah. you're going to be doing this. This is your purpose. Very clear. You know, like, every time they use the powers, it's not just for show. Like, there's utility behind it. And I was, I, I don't know, maybe they do that in all the movies, but I was, I really keyed in on that with this one. And I'm done. <laughs> yes, I do. I agree with all your points as well. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. I was, I really went into it thinking I was just going to hate it. Um, when I initially walked out of it, I was like, Batman versus Superman was better. But then talking to Stefan, I was like, I don't know. X-Men's more fun. And like Andrew was saying, I just, X-Men just holds close to me. Like I remember like going to the comic store, getting random X-Men comics, watching the cartoon, that just being a part of my, like my daily life. So mm -hmm. I will be there for every X-Men movie that comes out. I will also shit on every X-Men movie that sucks. <laughs> um, there are a lot of things I really enjoy in this movie. I'd say like 50-50. There's like 50% of it I really fucking love. And 50% of it I'm just like, why? Why the fuck would you do this? I mean, you know, there's, that, uh, there's that scene where uh, Magneto kills those dudes, right? And yeah. they, <laughs> they all drop the, the policemen. And then there's also the apocalypse scene where he makes them all drop in a very similar fashion. And I felt those two scenes were just a little t too similar. They should have varied it up a little bit. I honestly wish Magneto wasn't in this movie. He wasn't mm -hmm. totally necessary, yeah. No, yeah. I at all. You could have added like... another mutant that could have been the fourth horseman. Um, yeah. I, I, what Andrew was saying earlier about the Four Horsemen, I like the look of the, like, Four Horsemen, like, when they had their, like, full costumes on. Um, like, especially when, like, Angel got his wings and shit, I was like, oh, fuck yes, metal wings. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I would have just, like, maybe have liked to have seen Angel maybe turn for the better towards the end of it and just realize yeah. he's wrong. Because I know in the show, at least, he always, like, regretted the apocalypse decision or whatever, and, um... Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, stuff like that, I just, I don't know, like, Magneto wasn't necessary, but I will say, though, that fucking scene where he throws those two fucking steel pipes in and it makes an exit and it pans yeah, out, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh shit, I just yeah. opened up a comic book! Yeah, 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 yeah. That's like fanboy, like, I don't know if that's like good filming or anything, like, when I watched it, I was like, I was like, oh, I just want to jump up and say yes! I know, I was like that, I was like, that is my shit! <laughs> Also, uh, Phoenix mode I thought was very cool. Yeah, they always they always shoehorn that in there though, man. They always shoehorn it in, and I, I, I like, like the original ah. Phoenix saga is like they went to outer space and it's a space entity that uh, went into her. It's like they can't really like do all that for the films. So they're just like, no, it's just like a second part of her. Or That's something. the thing. So it's like, uh, with the 90s cartoon, I love most of it, but the Phoenix Saga, I just, like, don't give a shit about. Like, putting X-Men in space, I just don't care about. Like, unless they get, like, like, you know, like, Infinity Gauntlet, if they're like, oh, shit, we need the X-Men. I'd be like, all right, that makes sense. But it's just like they just needed to get them to space, so they made something up. Mm -hmm. um, oh, man, I, I like yeah, the Dark that... Phoenix Saga because I, I remember when I was a kid, I was really affected by how, like, crazy they portrayed her. Like, the Hulk gets angry. But Jean Grey goes insane. Like yeah. I, I thought that that was that was really like impactful to me when I was a kid, and I don't like how she could kind of seem like she could control it in this. Like that, if they're trying to set up the Dark Phoenix movie, they need to like hold off. Like the Dark Phoenix thing should have been like a, a like a teaser at the end of the, the the end of the credits. I think. Like, oh, you mean what happened like in X three? Jesus, yeah. 
powers, she's it's not necessarily the dark phoenix. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's regular just, phoenix. Yeah, just she just uses her like phoenix powers. Okay, that's what okay. I would. That's what I would like to see with Jean Grey in this series. Is just the phoenix is part of her ability. She can just do this, and that's part of her mutant power. I don't necessarily need it to be some space fucking entity, so they have to go to space and fight her and bullshit like that. Yeah. It's like you don't even have a core fucking team of X Men at this point. You need to yeah. focus on yeah. that shit. Yeah, that's like, true. That's uh, true. Like Magneto, when uh, sort of in the late. 80s, sort of early 90s, before the Jim Lee comics came out, he kind of, he had a base in space called Asteroid M. Oh, yeah. So yep. it was like uh, Quicksilver was there, like Juggernaut, and like the Blob. It was like a Brotherhood of, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah. And so that was mm-hmm. like another space thing that was, again, weird to me because I haven't looked, read too much about it, but yeah, he had like mm-hmm. a base called Asteroid M. Oh, what, you said, what you said, Matty, maybe James, maybe all you guys said it, but... Uh, they had like a, a lot of good teamwork at the end. I was I remember yeah. watching the movie and I was like, mm-hmm. they're teaming up. Thank fucking Christ, we see them like combine their powers and you do this, you do this, you do this. Like that. I, I was what I needed my whole life was that scene. My, yeah. yeah, my favorite part was the end part where they're like, Nightcrawler, we need to fight. You need to find Xavier. We're gonna go do this. And I was like. Wait, they're working as a fucking team. How long did this take? Like, what, what? Oh my I god! Know, yeah. Wait, you just now got this singer? What the fuck? Yeah, like, I know, yeah, right? I know. And now he bows out. Come on. Yeah. That and it's like the very end scene too, where they're finally in like their color, their similar colors oh, to their comic parts yeah. and stuff. Oh my and like, god! Cyclops has his visor finally, I, and then yeah. they they're in the danger room. They turn Dude. Cerebus into a danger room, and then they finally have the Sentinels come out, and then it's like, and cut to credits. It's like, that's it's like, my shit. That's my this shit. Is, that is how this movie should have fucking opened. <laughs> By the way, we cannot, we or shouldn't go without talking about James McAvoy is so fucking great as Dude, Professor X. Him and like, fucking... Michael Fassbender are so yeah. fucking good together. They're like I'm. I'm almost embarrassed. Like he's. They're too good of an actor to be in this fucking movie. It's like. Shh, don't tell them that. Don't listen. Yeah, no, it's like I want to give them Academy of fucking Ward right now. Just like. So I was, I was watching so the movie good. and watching like James McAvoy and like listening to his like inflections and the way he speaks and he's like, he sounds like Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I recently went back and uh, watched uh, First Class and that scene where he's trying to get Magneto to turn the satellite dish, and yeah. like he jumps into his mind to do that thing, and they don't really they, they say a little bit, but they're just both crying. That scene is so fucking good, dude. And it's they powerful. Reference it. mm-hmm. They yeah. reference it in the new one, and it's just like, oh my god, dude, you guys just are on a fucking other level. That this like it's weird because that the I don't feel like the X Men films can they capture these moments. But they can't keep this momentum going with them because they have to break it up and show all these other characters. But there are like really great like moments in these films with those two that I think that I've probably overlooked just because I go into it like, all right, who's gonna fuck some shit up? I want a cool action scene. And then when I rewatch this stuff a couple of times, I'm like, fucking shit, what's wrong with me? You should be paying attention to this shit. Um, but yeah, man, I was just like, I got really emotional when I watched that first class scene again. I was like, fuck, you guys are great. I, dude, I remember I was on a plane to somewhere, maybe back home to Atlanta, but I uh, I was like, I, I, I'll just watch a couple bits of, of First Class. Ended up watching watch the, the entire whole, fucking thing. whole thing, and I was like, oh my god, I fucking love this movie. What am I doing? Yeah, <laughs> I need to watch it again for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, 
I forget the moment in the new one or something. I don't know. Those two are just so great. Like, I just love their moments, like, when they're having that little banter at the end of the movie before the danger room scene. It's just like, these guys, they're, they're like best buds, but they're always just going to butt heads, and they understand that, and they will just keep on existing this way. And I'm not really, like, I was trying to, like, think of, like, how I remember them in the comics, and I don't really remember because I definitely focused on my favorite characters in the comics, but I really just like the direction they're taking this, and I really don't, I really like that I don't know if Magneto's a good guy or a bad guy at any given time. Mm-hmm. Like, when he shows up, I'm like, well, he could be. He couldn't be. He could yeah, change yeah. his mind. We still have 30 minutes left. So, I really like that it's, like, Magneto's just a terrible person. He's always just straddling that line, and I really enjoy that in, in these, the, these X-Men films. I think they're they're kind of playing like catch up too, kind of, because whenever they made the first one in two thousand, they weren't expecting this Marvel cross universe shit to fucking take they off. They should have been. Uh, they should have been, but like now they're just like, just trying to deal with what the universe that they've made, and they even like erased most of it with the fucking uh, Days of Future Past. So it's yeah, like, it's cause they fucked yeah, up. for the better for a couple of the movies. That for the for the better, sh- were shit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we'll see a more, like, cohesive universe made, and... I mean, even in the comics, like, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Joey, but, like, the X-Men universe usually doesn't cross over so much with the other universes so much, right? Uh, not as a team. Wolverine right. will. Um, but yeah, not as a whole team. Unless there's, like, some big crossover event or something, but Wolverine's really the only one that that'll like you know show up in other comics all right cool god we love the fuck out of x-men man anyway uh i think i mean we got anything else uh to talk about this topic or no i think Um, we're good on x-men cool it's Um, good see it if you like x-men go watch it yeah it's definitely not the worst one in the series that's for sure Let's just blast through some quick items real quick. We got the news section, Brie Larson for Captain Marvel, Famu Yiwa for directing Flash, Ed Boon, actually real quick, so James worked on Injustice 1. No, Mortal Kombat X. Oh, I'm sorry, Mortal Kombat X. Still, you worked under Ed Boon. Yeah, scoop if What's the scoop, if any, on uh, Injustice 2? Well, so far, uh, recently he just changed his Twitter icon to a two, like uh, Roman numeral number two, and he's been known to be pretty cagey on uh, Twitter and stuff about like uh, hinting about certain things. And E3 is coming up in like two weeks, and so there's a good rumor going around that Injustice Two is going to be coming up, since it falls under like development cycle. They usually take about two years to work on. That's true. A specific game, like, you know, lat- before this, uh, like, a couple of years ago, was um, Mortal Kombat 9, then they did Injustice, and then um, Mortal Kombat X, and so, if you're looking at that, like, uh, there's, you know, most likely they're going to be working on Injustice 2, So I was only, a lot of I other was... sites have been rumoring about. I was only Injustice Reddit quite a lot, and I think that... Maybe not Ed Boon, but maybe some of you people at NetherRealm are monitoring that. And I actually made uh, 
a survey for people, like what characters they want to see in DLC for Injustice 1 at the time. Mm-hmm. And the top two picks were pretty much always Red Hood and Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. And if if we had like Swamp Thing, I, personally I would like Swamp Thing more, and I would, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my shit if he's in that game, man. I think it'll be fucking awesome. Yeah. You could definitely see like uh, them doing fun stuff with his power set. Like a like a like a horror type character, and also like he can grow wings, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like that would be that would be cool. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's see what else we got. We got the Rogue One reshoots. Anybody want to talk about that real quick? Well, that as I was saying before we started was the big thing that happened was you know a bunch of smaller sites picked up on that and we're doing clickbait stuff of saying like oh they're doing you know 40% of the film they're doing reshoots and Disney didn't like it and turns out a bunch of that stuff is false I actually found something from uh, Entertainment Weekly like they're saying it's four or five weeks of reshoots not eight weeks which those sites have were saying there's no mention of six day work weeks another thing was saying like oh they're just gonna be working six days a week to get all done and the reshoots are part of the original schedule, which is, you know, Civil War had reshoots. Uh, episode 7 had reshoots. Like, all these... Most major films today has reshoots. So it's like, Rogue One's gonna not, suck because of the reshoots! Yeah, where it's just like... Just that's what they're all saying, but no, it's not. It's just par for course. It's, I think a film is pretty much... Thing. Film's pretty much always better because yeah. of reshoots. I mean, come on. Yeah. You get another chance to do it again? I mean, shit. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, like, if if they're doing 40% of of the film, that's going to push back the release date because you can't finish a film if you're doing that many new shoots. So they're like, yeah, that's not... If you're doing 40% of a film, then there were definitely some problems. Yeah, and they're saying, like, no, that's not at all. And it's to add to the film, not, like, to replace anything. And also... It's a lot of, like, character development involving, as they say, quote, a lot of talking in cockpits. So, that type of stuff, so... I mean, shit, if, that, if the dialogue's interesting, I'm, I'd am i still I'd still watch it. Sounds good, okay? Yeah. It's good to me. Dude like, has a good track record so far, so uh, yeah. whatever he wants to do, let's do it. really enjoyed Godzilla, granted, though, I also work on the film, so... <laughs> James okay. actually hates it, but he can't say it because of <laughs> obligations. I oh, think no. the, the, since the, I'm the, done, I could say if I hate, but I actually enjoyed it. The but genius. I, I did the 3D on it, so no one actually saw it in 3D. So no, I, I didn't see my work. <laughs> the genius thing about that Godzilla movie was they made Godzilla the hero and not the monster. Dude, oh my god, I love it. That one part where like the rockets are being shot to the bridge and like raises his back to like yeah. get the, to take the brunt of those bullets. I fucking love that scene, man. I'm so upset they're not doing like a Godzilla two because he can't do it because of Star Wars or whatever. Well, when the ta- when his tail to, lights up, after. when the tail lights up and then he does the fucking mouth beam, I was no, like, uh, shit, this is yeah, the best yeah. Godzilla movie I've ever seen in my life. This is Dude, great. It's a slow burn, but it's fucking worth every second of it. I mean, we were clapping in theater. We were laughing because mm-hmm. it was so. It was. It's kind of funny, but it was great. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I loved it. New creatures added, like they were awesome. Oh. Fuck, man, I wish I had that. I don't want to watch it right now. They have Godzilla versus Mothra? There's, a, there's more Godzilla films planned. There are. Oh, yeah. They're defi- he wants yeah, yeah. to do a uh, what Island of Monsters or something. Godzilla yeah. King Kong. 
Yeah. And yeah, Godzilla versus King Kong as well. Like it's yeah. it's there's plans, man. There's plans. And then there's the Toho Godzilla coming out this year too. So. Oh right. Yeah. Be interested yeah. to see because that uh, whatever that design is looks very creepy and just like not like a Godzilla we've seen before. So. Because it's called Godzilla something, and I think in the Shin. title. Shin, Shin yeah. Godzilla. But Which mean, like, that means new, new Godzilla. Yeah, yeah I, I've heard that like the Godzilla you see, all of the images we've seen so far is like it changing into something. It's like doing lizard shit and like molting or whatever. I don't know. I'm interested to see what they have in store, just because I think the Godzilla that like this new Godzilla that we just got was really good. So I feel like they're probably going to try to step it up a notch and see what they can do. Or if they yeah, just make it yeah. like just like the old Toho films, that's great too, man. I like all those mm-hmm. as well, so I'm yeah. interested. All right, cool. Wait, did man. we talk about Brie Larson being Captain Marvel? Real quick. Yeah. We, we could do that real quick, yeah. Oh, good choice. I'm done. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that real rumor, quick. and then also they have a short list of directors that they want, in which I, I don't know the directors' names, but I heard the films that they worked on were. Will Ryder, and then the director for Babadook. These are female directors? Uh, yes, or? Yep. any they're one both, of those. They're both take female it. directors. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah I definitely both those films are great. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be excellent. I I mean, Marvel's got like a killer property on their hands, and it could also yeah. be like a kind of like maybe Guardians of the Galaxy crossover deal, or, you know, because they're already in space, a little bit of yeah. Thor action. Like, who knows? Like, there's... That cosmic universe they got going on now too, like that's gonna be huge. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually getting really interested for the next Thor film as well, since it's mm-hmm. the director who worked on Fly of the Concords and uh, what we do in Shadows. So they're go- yeah. like similar to the Russo brothers. They're going for someone who's done like comedy and like TV and stuff. And from the rumors talking about like how it's gonna be dealing with uh, Planet you know, Hulk. I- Planet Hulk, and they have, um, uh, they have Dread coming on the film too. They have Dread. Yeah, the Judge the actor. Dread. Oh, Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Carl yeah, yeah, Urban. Carl, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's coming on as, um, oh god, I can't remember the character's name, but he he was the one that would always work with Sorcerer. Work with I Enchantress. No, not Enchantress. Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, um, that's DC, bro. I'll have to look. Now, there is an Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're going to have Hela on there. And then... Kate Blanchett? Yeah, Kate Blanchett is Hela. And so that's actually looking really interesting. It's going to be like basically a cosmic road trip movie with Thor and Hulk. So Dude, definitely totally that. down for that shit. So, that sounds incredible. So they're working up towards Planet Hulk with this movie? or There are going to be elements of Planet Hulk in the film. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. okay. you know, they kind of mentioned, like, in Civil War, oh, where's Thor and Hulk? Right, and right. It's yeah. going to be yeah. about, yeah, oh, they Oh, just Ragnarok. Space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, rumors of Suter uh, coming out as well. I don't Strange think, of, uh, okay. yeah, I don't um, think Loki's going to make it past Thor 3, by the way. No, no I, I, some I, people I, are thinking he's going to be in, like, Infinity Gauntlet as, like, one of uh, Thanos' generals. To get place of some of the other characters, were like since Thanos, similar to Apocalypse, had like followers as well. Maybe we'll finally so, get the Red Skull back. Yeah. Oh yes, that would, oh, that be, would, that would be incredible. Actually, that'd be incredible. 
Mm-hmm. That'd be so some Carl- comic book ass shit right there, like yeah. having like all the top guys. Carl Urban yeah. is going to be Scourge. Yeah, Scourge, that's it. And there's a great, uh, like, on his Twitter or something, or Instagram, he showed a photo of him waiting on a plane. He's reading, th- reading some Thor comics and also has, like, a couple of Dread comics in his lap as well. Nice. He's, like, oh, my God. getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> I want that... <laughs> I want that Judge Dredd uh, show so bad, man. Yeah, the I, Netflix was series so fucking... that he's trying to get yeah. uh, off the ground. Dredd was so pe- awesome. He's been petitioning for that for a while, man. Yeah. I'd definitely I mean, be down fuck, for it. If anyone's going to do it, it's going to be fucking Netflix, man. Yeah. Yeah. Dudes, I, I, I feel like we're cutting the conversation short, but we're around the two-hour mark, so um, <laughs> I think that's going to do it a... A wrap for uh, for episode sixteen. Anybody got any closing remarks overall? No. Nope. I don't know why you people listen to this, but thanks. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. So we appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, leave us comments, please, to let us know what you'd like to hear or what we should be doing. Um, we're mm-hmm. you know, very new to this, and we just need all the help we can get to make this more fun for you guys. So absolutely. Exactly. And we love you. We love you so much. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? No, I'm good with no? what Maddie said. Okay. Uh, James and Joey hate our fans, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'll do the social media shout-out shit. So we got, <laughs> we're uh, we're at Superhouse Pod at Twitter. And then we're at Superhouse Podcast on all social media after that, including YouTube and even Twitch, although we don't have anything there yet. Um, and then uh, what else we got? Um, oh, James and I might be at E. Well, we are going to be at E3, and we're going to film something for that. Also, uh, let's. Uh, we. I'm going to plug again. We got uh, two awesome videos on YouTube right now. We have uh, top metal video games edited by Stefan, who wasn't here today, but. That's on, and that also gives you kind of an insight into how we do our podcast as well. And then there's a travel video that I did while I was in Tokyo uh, two weeks ago, and that's taking you around all the, uh, you know, some of the top uh, nerd spots in Tokyo. Um, I put some of in the title because there's, frankly, so many <laughs> that I can't, just, I can't even say top. I have to say just some. Yeah. And uh, I think that's going to do it. Um yeah, plug the E3 stuff, and I think that's about it. We and I wanted to thank Andrew Gerber for coming on. That was fucking awesome, dude. Thank not you, Andrew. People... Yes. Yeah, thank you so much. Yes, not many people know about Mongolia, and it's cool to kind of see that perspective. And um... it is very interesting. Thanks for coming on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that's it, guys. So uh, that's it. Thanks a lot, and catch you later. Bye, see you guys. Bye.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 